Henry and Elliot. And we have noticed that we we have not been so productive lately. We both have been on trips. Henry, you've been to Washington, D.C. a couple times in the last couple of months, right? Yes, I have, Elliot. It might sound a little disruptive here because I'm in Florida, actually, with my family. I've, I've been in Baltimore. I actually got a Lamar Jackson jersey. It's just, We've just spent time with our family on vacations, and here we are making a podcast. After two months, but we're still going strong. And for today's topics, we will be talking about the NFL playoffs, the college football playoff, and national championship games, and last but not least, the big rivalry game between Michigan State and Michigan today at 1.30 on CBS in East Lansing. So today we are here on Sunday of a very, very, very important time wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs and we saw yes last night and yesterday in the evening that the Bills lost to the Texans in overtime. Yeah, that was very very crazy. Crazy game. I mean, I don't know what to say. Josh Allen looked like a rookie at points in that game but also looked a lot better than people expected him to. But that last play by Deshaun Watson, to that 34-yard pass to Taiwan Jones was a crazy play. I don't understand how he still avoided those two hits. I just want to go a little in-depth of Devin Singletary. He's kind of looking like a Saquon Barkley and like a James White out of the backfield. Because with his, with his like nifty moves, he's looking very nice. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, he's still young. He's still not as big as those two guys, and those guys are older. Maybe maybe Saquon's not that old, but he still plays like he's that old and just that good. But I see a bright future for Devin Singletary. Definitely a very bright future for him. But on the other side of things, Deshaun Watson is still only about 23. Yeah, and he's going to be one of the great quarterbacks for – years in the NFL with him, Patrick Mahomes, even Josh Allen at this point. Um, Can't forget about Lamar Jackson, obviously. Those are probably the next dynasty of, not dynasty, but like next run of great quarterbacks after Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, if you want to consider them in that era. And going to the later game of the AFC wildcard, we have the Titans upsetting, would you say upsetting? Definitely an upset. The Patriots? Definitely an upset. Definitely um, an upset. Yeah, that may have been the end of the Patriots dynasty. I don't know what to say, but Patriots don't, their offense doesn't look like they can compete anymore with top-level teams, even decent teams like the Titans. And their defense is still really good. They stepped up and made big plays, but they're not going to be able to carry them to Super Bowls anymore. DraftKings, FanDuel, um, Daily Fantasy, Tennessee defense was a very good steal with a fumble and a pick six at the end, I'm just saying. Yeah, for so, those of you who are still playing fantasy football at this time of year, maybe you should have considered taking the Titans defense. Yes, 
So, Elliot, what are your thoughts on that game last night? Well, my thoughts are Tom Brady obviously does not look like he wants to return to Foxborough. He's very competitive. I think he's going to return to the NFL. I think he'll still be in the NFL, excuse me. I think he might sign with, like, a with like the Chargers or, like, the Colts because I think Phillip Rivers is done. And if – and let's say Tua falls, the Colts – the Chargers might draft Tua and just wait a year. And I that's just my thoughts of what Tom Brady is going to do from that game because putting up 13 points and knowing their offensive coordinator is gone and – um, I think that Tom Brady will want to give one last run in Foxborough, but I'm not sure if they are. He's willing to take up even lesser of a contract so they can fit in better pieces on the offense. So even if he does make one last run, I don't expect anything different than what happened this year. They might even be worse and might not make the playoffs or be a wild card team. Yeah, and you got to remember, there's. Three good quarterbacks coming out of college from the draft this year. You have um, Jake Burrow, obviously, like, already suited Jake up. Burrow? Up Excuse for week one. Jake Burrow? Excuse me? Excuse me, Jake Burrow? Sorry. Sorry, not Jake Burrow. I'm very sorry. So there's Burrow, who's pretty much named the week one starting quarterback for Cincinnati Bengals. Already. There's, there's um, Herbert, who's probably a top 15 pick, would you say? Yeah, he could be a top 10 pick depending on how Tua gets evaluated. If Tua even comes out, we'll find out Monday. Probably we'll do a, a great podcast about Tua maybe coming up. And um, I'd say he probably could be top 5 pick if Tua doesn't come out, even possibly top 10 if he does. But, yeah, those three are kind of the main. But there's also some very good later even later first-round quarterbacks later round quarterbacks as well like Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason if they both come out, Jordan Love um I don't know who else I'm forgetting here but there's definitely some good quarterback talent coming out this year. Let's save this for another pod. We'll we'll do like a quick mock we'll do a mock draft like in a little after yeah, the definitely. seasons. But let's go to the NFC side of the ball or side of the bracket I should say. Yeah, um, today they're also, along with the Michigan-Michigan State game, there is also Seattle at will play at Philadelphia today. And the earlier game is actually the Vikings, Minnesota Vikings, playing at the New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to make my early pick, but I do think the Saints will come out with the win in the early game just because I don't think there's any way Vikings were very – with Kirk Cousins, who is a very not big game quarterback, goes into the Superdome and primetime game competes with that crowd, Drew Brees, that offense, and even the Saints defense. I'm gonna. I do think the Saints will win, but I think they'll actually win very, very convincingly. And I don't think that. Yeah, I think if Dalvin Cook plays for the Vikings, I'm not sure if he's able to play. I'm pretty sure he's out for the season, but I don't remember. Um, but if he is Dalvin able to... Cook, Dalvin Cook is fine. Oh, then I actually do think it'll be a lot closer because if they're able to 
keep time possession up with Dalvin Cook running the ball, he's going to have to get the ball 30, even maybe 40 times and just have an insane game for them to win because there's no way that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to throw 40 times and the Vikings are going to be able to win like that. And that's why that Monday night game against the Packers was so important for Dalvin Cook's health. If they beat the Packers, they would have a great potential chance of getting a bye week. Yeah, and now they're the sixth seed. Now, now he might be like not 100%, but like 80%, and that could affect the game. But on the the other game, let's hear it, Henry. The Seahawks and the Eagles. Um, Seahawks, Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles do have home field, which is big because playing at um, Lincoln Financial is definitely a hard place to play especially in the playoffs, you saw how they made that run with Nick Foles a few years ago. And that was a large part because of the fans and the crowd making it hard for other quarterbacks to play there. But still, um, Russell Wilson has had a phenomenal season. They are a little banged up in in their in the backfield, but that defense could give them some problems. The Eagles' defense could give them some problems. And also the Seahawks defense isn't very good, but I think Russell Wilson's too much. But he's better quarterback than Carson Wentz, and they'll show why they should have been the second seat. They're the second best team in the NFC today. And a big part of why I think will be a close game is the Chris Carson going down. But not just Chris Carson. Rashad Penny was a very good player and he went down. Yeah, it's a huge loss in the backfield for them as now they had to bring in beast mode Marshawn Lynch, who it almost was a storybook ending last week or uh yeah, last week. And sadly Pete Carroll doesn't know what to do when it ha- when they get the ball on the one yard line. This time they decided to take a delay of game for absolutely no reason. He would have won the game, Marshawn Lynch, and yeah, we have to just except the fact that Pete Carroll doesn't know what to do when he gets the ball at the one-yard line. Yeah. Um, so we're experiencing, I'm experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties. Can you talk a little bit more, Henry? Yeah. Um, with that loss in the backfield and that loss last week, the Seahawks are now not the number one seed or they would have been I think the number three seed actually if they would have won that game they would have been hosting the Vikings this week which probably would have been maybe an I'm I'm not sure if you would think that's an easier game or a harder game for the Vikings but either way it's a huge loss in fact for the the Seahawks where the only way they could host a playoff game would be in the champion the NFC championship game hosting the Vikings and yeah, Rashad Penny and Chris Carson going down. I don't think Beast Mode has it so much in him. I don't think he can make a, a Beast Quake run like he did a couple, more like a decade ago, kind of. Yeah. Around. Crazy to say. But anyway, if you're wondering why we're not doing uh, like Ravens, Titans re- um, preview, we'll do that in our next pod. Trust me, we're going to be very more... Or a lot more uh, consistent with making consistent with our we're trying to upload one to two days a week and now we have where we can do it over the phone too 
So yeah. it's very, we've kind of um, improved our technical things over our two months break. But anyway, let's move on to our next topic, which is college football playoff review and preview. So let's first talk about the first game, obviously, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, LSU versus Oklahoma. I in Not fact to talk about just a blowout. Did, I didn't think that this game would be that much of a blowout. But Joe Burrow showed why, in my opinion, he may have been the best Heisman winner of the decade because I don't remember any of those guys in that big of a game throwing seven touchdowns, rushing for one, in one half. I mean, the guy barely played the second half. I think he played one drive. Maybe he, I think he scored a touchdown in one half. So he had seven touchdowns in the first half and eight in the, uh, and then one in the second half, which still totals out to eight. But the fact that he even did that and just, and the game, although the final score was 63 to 28, that wasn't how the game felt because it was just a complete domination by LSU the entire game. And will this be, we know Jalen Hurts, like you said, with um, Jake Fromm and the other guys, that are like a second to third round pick, could he be one? Yeah, he could definitely. Yeah, I actually saw a YouTube video the other day with a rebuild for the Indianapolis Colts with Jalen Hurts, and I actually think that's actually a pretty good fit for the Colts. Jalen Hurts is like a Jacoby's set if you think about he's it. He's not as big, like height wise, but he's definitely if he becomes a better thrower, he's going to be very dangerous because they could run a like a a RPO type offense like the the Ravens and he's just not he's not as good as Lamar Jackson obviously when it comes to running the ball but he's he's a hard player to get down and Marlon Mack's a very talented running back in the backfield for them and I think that RPO would be very dangerous progressed together they were both progressed together yeah they're both very young still and that offensive line including Quentin Nelson who else Henry? I don't know who else is on that offensive line, but all I know is that Quentin Nelson's a beast. And, and I think guys. through four weeks, they were people were putting him in the MVP conversation. And I don't think there's ever been an MVP offensive lineman, and he's just that good. Let's be real. The MVP award is for a quarterback. But eh, let's just move on to our other semifinal game. Which was Clemson, Oklahoma. Ohio State. A real entertaining one. Ohio State. Uh, sorry, Clemson, Ohio State. Yeah, I want to just say Ohio State should have won that game. It was pretty blatantly obvious that that call, that Okuda call, was definitely a fumble. And Ohio State should have had the ball up, I think, three. was It with. It was, like, somewhere with, like, ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. But that was that, – that, after that play, Clemson realized that they they had to win now, or they weren't weren't going to win the game, and they took that very very seriously, and obviously won the game. But Justin Fields, his decision making isn't the isn't as good as people thought it was, and he's still a young quarterback. This is his first year as a starter. I think he'll improve very much next year. He's going to have to because the running game is going to be nothing like it was this year because J.K. Dobbins obviously declared for the NFL draft a few days ago, and we'll have to see 
um, if Justin Fields can throw the ball better now. Um, let's let's just do a little bit into the draft. What running backs do you think are like with J.K. Dombitz? Like, so there's obviously Jonathan Taylor. I think it's just. I think there's probably a class of five, but a few of these guys are getting undervalued. Like, I haven't seen Jonathan Taylor in a first round of a mock draft this year. Actually, I saw it earlier in the year, but some for some reason his stock went down. I don't know why, because he got better as the season went on. And I think in that class you could probably put Justin Fe- – not Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor – Chuba Hubbard, if he declares, Travis Etienne, and DeAndre Swift. But I think Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins are probably the two best out of those. DeAndre Swift seems to be the lead candidate for like getting drafted the highest out of those five. But I do think J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor are definitely the best out of those. Yeah, and Travis Etienne could be like the last out of those but he's a speedster he's very quick yeah and especially de- here let me let me say something like all nfl gms need to realize in nba that if you stay in college for more than two years is what nfl but if you're coming three, out of college three for, for like, NFL. or three for if you're staying for senior year that doesn't mean that they're like they have less potential. It means that they're more experienced and more and more NFL knowledge. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Staying for a senior year can benefit certain players. Obviously, if you're def- if you're a bona fide first round draft pick with bearing an injury, you're definitely going to declare. If you don't declare, then it, there must be there's then there's something obviously we don't know holding you back. Like I understand. And- and I just want to make a quick example. The um, Let's just say J- these guys both coming out of the 2018 draft. Jalen Brunson, who was, a, was, was like a junior or senior coming out of Villanova. And then there's Colin Sexton, the, the um, freshman out of Alabama. Do you think their play style when they have full, when their potential is all like given in, do you think they'll be such different in quality players? I think... Colin Sexton should definitely be the better player because he's more of an athlete. But in this case, if Colin Sexton would have stayed three more years like Jalen Brunson did, he probably would have been a very, very, very good player and probably would have been one of the best point guards in the country at this point in time. Yeah, and more experience, I think, leads to higher knowledge. But let's just... just Go back to college football. The um, championship game between Clemson and LSU. This year's number one pick, and most likely next year's number one pick. Let's hear it, Hunter. Yeah, um, LSU's offense and Clemson's offense, probably the two best offenses right now in college football. And it's hard to choose because Clem- LSU's offense is has been – so unstoppable this year. You can't think of a defense that is going to be able to stop them. And even though there's still 
Clemson's defense still is very good as they have Isaiah Simmons. I hope he goes to the Lions, by the way. But the fact that LSU's offense has been completely unstoppable, unless um, the defensive coordinator for Clemson is able to com- um, invent some crazy scheme that's able to st- not even stop but slow down LSU's offense, then there's no way Clemson wins this game because I don't think there's any way they're going to be able to LSU scores a touchdown every drive. I don't think Clemson's going to be able to do that, even though LSU's defense is not anywhere close to Clemson's defense. I don't. I think LSU will dominate this game, but I don't think it will be like a blowout dominant because dominance because Clemson's defense is number one in the country, and I think on a couple of drives they'll stop Joe Burrow, but they're not going to stop him throughout the entire game. They're gonna they're they're gonna try and slow them down, but realizing that they have um, Moss and all these other good wide receivers slash tight ends, it's 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 really hard to stop that offense, even if you have the number one defense. Yeah, next year they could have three, poss- two or three possibly first round receivers, as they have Jamar Chase, they have. Um, they have Justin Jefferson and the third one that or at tight end they also have Thaddeus Moss and that third receiver is um is Terrence Marshall, who could also be a first round receiver next year, but we'll have to see. So I don't think I think this game I don't think it's gonna be a blow up because Clemson's offense is still really good. They still have they still have Travis Etienne, um, T. Higgins. They have Justin Ross, who seems to show out in big games like the national championship last year. So we'll just have to see. But I do think the LSU will win, and I think the final score will be forty five to thirty eight. What you're saying is it's. LSU is going to dominate offensively, but it's going to be a close game because of Clemson's defense. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say Clemson's defense because I think forty-five points is still a lot. I think Clemson's going to try and when they have the ball, try and try and whatever do whatever they can to slow the game down, run the ball out with Travis Etienne because the less time that offense of Joe Burrow's is on the field the better it is for Clemson. So they're going to try and run the ball, but I don't think that LSU's defense is going to stop Travis Etienne, so that means they're going to still score pretty quickly. But there's going to be a few drives where Clemson's just going to forget, try and go away from running the ball. And LSU has, if there's one strong part in their in their defense, it's probably their secondary. Yeah, and now that the college football season is wrapping up, we're talking about what players are going to decri- declare to the draft. What head coaches in college do you think are going to go to the pro level? I think there's only one that I can think of right now, and it's probably Lincoln Riley. And a lot of people are saying he may trend, may go to the NFL because they've seen stuff on Twitter and Instagram. And also I've seen on uh, the ESPN show First Take um, that there's actually a good possibility he uh, – interviews for the job of the Dallas Cowboys. And I actually don't really like that fit. I think he's actually a better fit for the 
New York Giants or the the Browns because that offense that cuz it's hard to like translate from college to NFL let alone go from Oklahoma to the Cowboys cuz the Cowboys expect winning right away. Yeah, um I think Lincoln Riley will interview for the Cowboys. I don't think he's a good fit for the Giants. I think this guy's a good fit. Matt Rule out of Baylor, he, he showed that he could take a decent team to a um, a good bowl game. And I think that um, he's, he's one of the two coaches, him and Lincoln Riley, that will go pro. But, like, I don't – do you think Michigan will fire Jim Harbaugh? I think they should fire Jim Harbaugh because of the type of program they are and they and they expect to win games, but he I don't know who else they're going to find that's the answer to that, them because they're consistently a 10-win team, which is not that bad. I mean, most teams would take that. I'm surprised Michigan fans at this point won't take it because they haven't been good a long time, but... If I were a Michigan fan, I want Jim Harbaugh fired, but obviously I'm not a Michigan fan, so I don't want Jim Harbaugh fired, so Michigan can still be consistently not that good. Um, do you think what, – what, what do you think will happen with um, MSU's coach, Mark D'Antoni? I want him fired, but I don't think there's any way that they can fire him because after of what Tom Izzo said, he said that if – D'Antonio gets fired. If D'Antonio leaves, then he won't. Then nothing will happen. But if D'Antonio gets fired or like gets like pushed out, not sort of not like necessarily fired, Tom Izzo said he would leave. And I think I don't think Michigan State will risk the chance of losing Tom Izzo. They'll take uh, having a not great football team with keeping Tom Izzo. Do you think Urban Meyer? By the way, the uh, old um, Ohio State co- coach, you know that, but just yeah. for everyone listening, do you think he could go to, like, a USC or UCLA? Well, actually, before the season, I thought he would probably go to USC, but actually, I think he might go to the Cowboys. By the way, um, uh, Clay Helton, the coach of USC, did return – or. He didn't get fired, so they'll probably keep him unless Urban Meyer obviously says he wants to go coach for USC. But I think he's a good fit in the NFL, actually, because he's been such a good coach in college, and I think he just is the type of guy that fits well in the NFL. I don't know. Maybe it'll be the Cowboys, like I said earlier, but I think it could be any of these head, like these head coaching openings. Is there anything else you want to say before we go over to college hoops? Um, no, I think that's fine. That's it. All right. So, as we know, college basketball this year. We have missed very, the entire season so far, yeah, so we're sorry about that. We've seen, what, five number ones, number ones go down? Yeah. And sadly, and, that could be the last one for a while be- unless another team, like, leaps Gonzaga because Gonzaga plays in a – absolute junk conference though they have been having two close games they were down at halftime to portland and they only won by five to pepperdine last night i know you guys have probably never heard of any of these colleges but that's why we're here 
But college basketball has been crazy. This week, already five top 10 teams have lost. And yeah, that's nev- that's not something that usually happens. And at you this point... Yesterday, four AP top 10 teams go down? Actually, I think it was three. Speaking of, Louisville lost to Florida State at home. And Marquette beat... Marquette was the unranked team, obviously, beat the the number 10 team in the country, Villanova, at home. And then, um, I forgot who the last one is. I'll go look right now. But let's, I'll take over here. The Big Ten, have, do you think they've looked solid, or do you think they're, they're very, like, they should be a lot better? Or do top, you think they're under the radar? Oh, top to bottom, they're the best team best conference in the country right now and it's not even close because the ACC has fallen off a lot as you saw as you can kind of see because North Carolina has been absolutely terrible losing Cole Anthony earlier earlier in the season and we don't know how long he's going to be out he could be out the entire season and by the way the um the third top 10 team that lost yesterday Georgia went into Memphis and beat them yesterday so that was the third one but yeah speaking of Memphis let's talk a little bit about James Wiseman Wiseman. do you think that was a good decision to leave because he was going to come back around this time uh I think in his case it was probably a good decision because he was getting attacked for no something that happened when he was in like seventh eighth grade and like he didn't want to have to deal with it if something else surfaced because there probably is going to be there's there's never there's always something else with these kind of programs just coming out of nowhere and just getting a lot of top recruits. So and he will likely be the number one pick either way, unless Anthony Edwards somehow averages twenty five. I wouldn't say that's I wouldn't say whatever. it's a guarantee. I I think it depends on the team this year because Anthony Edwards could be Lamelo Ball. Um, Cole Anthony, it all just depends on who happens to be the number, get the number one pick. Yeah, and um, like the Pistons could use them because they're trading, they're looking for Andre Drummond trade rumors. But anyway, let's move on to the game of the day: Michigan, Michigan State at one thirty on CBS at the Breslin Center in East Lansing. What do you think about the game today, Elliot? Well, obviously, Michigan State missing Josh Langford for the entire year, and obviously this game. And Michigan State, is Josh Livers out today? It's actually Isaiah Livers, and I don't think he's been officially ruled out, but I think there's a very likely chance that he is out today, but we will have to see. If he is out, that's a huge loss for Michigan. Either way, I still think... That there's that this game comes down to two things: is Cassius Winston able to control his emotions and not get in foul trouble early, and the second thing is there's actually three. The second one is is Eli Brooks is their shooting guard. He is a six one sophomore junior. I'm not sure, and. Our shooting guard and small forwards are respectively Aaron Henry, 6'6", and Gabe Brown, who is 6'7". They're both 
much taller than 6'1". So I think they definitely, Michigan State definitely needs to use, trying to exploit that matchup, giving the ball a lot to whoever Eli Brooks is guarding, and try and dominate him early and often. And the third one, I think, is is somebody off the bench like a Malik Hall or Rocket Watch or Kyle Arns? Because Kyle Arns has been very good this year. He just Foster still lawyer as well. Foster Lawyer. Hopefully we don't have to use him because that would mean Cassius Winston is not playing well and or in foul trouble. But I think Kyle Arns or Rocket Watts need to have a pretty good game to win this game for Michigan State because if one of our if one of our um main starters get hurt or not hurt uh get in foul trouble because we obviously know Aaron Henry will probably do that because he's not very smart but he's gonna have to play a lot and Michigan State will need Kyle Arns to hit threes and be that type of go get loose balls player that he is Foster Lawyer if he does come in does that kind of mean that we're either in a big lead or are we down so much? Because I kind of do like Foster Lawyer at the two if Aaron Henry is in foul trouble. Yeah, definitely. At the two, it's fine. But if he has to come in and play point, because, like, Rocket Watts is still, like, because he hasn't been able to play that much since he's been hurt. But if Foster Lawyer has to play big minutes in the first half, I think it's we're in big trouble. But if – but. I think Izzo, even if like Winston gets three, four fouls early in the second half, is going to have to play him because I don't think Watts and Lawyer are made to go at Simpson a lot, and he's such a good defender that Winston has to be in the game. And we do need our big rim protectors with an S. We need Xavier Tillman and Marcus Ringham Jr. They have been great. Um, in these past few games. Rebounding balls. And Marcus Bingham, did you see that stat? He had zero points and like 12 rebounds. Yeah. It's not all about points, kids. Um, but as you saw, to your team. yeah, he he was probably the player of the game. If you, if you follow Michigan State basketball on Instagram, he was the one that got, I mean, he got a lot of his teammates were like hyping him up after the game because that's a, he had a really big game. He had 12 rebounds, four blocks. I think he may have had three assists too, but he just had a really good game. I'm not sure who he'll, who he'll be guarding if Livers is out. I'm not sure if it, the plan was for him to guard Teske anyways, but I'm pretty sure Tillman will be on Teske. We'll have to see who he guards. He, it could be Wagner, and he's going to have to slow down Wagner's three-point shooting. And that lateral quickness that Bingham has that Tillman doesn't, is very huge in this situation because it's like having another center that's like a stretch big and can play perimeter defense better than a center. Yeah, I think I'm going to make my final prediction here. I think Michigan State is able to win this game not by not very convincingly. I think it's going to be a very close game. Cassius Winston's going to have the ball in his hands to end the game. I think the final score is going to be 76-73 Michigan State. And the big question of this game, it's not the score, it's not, not the players, it's what game will you be watching? Will people be watching this game, the game of the day in college basketball, or will they be watching the, the playoff game? What do you think, Henry? I, st- I think 
in my opinion, I'll definitely be watching the state game. I think most Michigan, Michigan State fans will be watching it. I think a lot of Big Ten fans will be watching the state game. But I think everybody else will probably be flipping back and forth if they're college basketball fans. If they're not, if they're just football fans, they'll probably just be watching the playoff game. But for the, probably until the state game starts, I will be watching the playoff game. And then after that, I probably won't flip the channel after the state game starts. But Elliot, um, what are you going to be doing? Uh, we are having some technical difficulties here. Um, I would like to ask Elliot what he is doing, um, if he's going to be watching a state game, but I'm not sure if he's able to. Oh, there he, here he Hello? is. Hello? Yeah, here yeah. he is. Oh, hi. Um, so, you know, I might not be doing either. I might just be in the pool, sitting on the beach, because, you know, I'm in Florida. You're in Michigan in the cold snow. It's actually but not snowing I'll right now. Have my, I'll definitely have my phone, and I'll be just checking on scores. I don't know if I'll be watching. I'll just be spending time with family. You know, if you do have the CBS app, Elliot, you definitely could um watch the game on there, on your phone, but... By the way, if ESPN does want to sponsor or CBS does want to sponsor us, I'm not opposed to that. I don't think Elliot is either. That's completely up to them. I don't know if they'll be wanting to sponsor us. But if anyone does, just, you know, contact us. We're definitely in the looking for sponsors. But I think that's going to wrap up today's uh, podcast. Do you think that, Elliot? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we could go a little in-depth about... NBA All Star voting, but let's save that for another. Let's save that for another podcast. Yeah, we want to thank all of you, our thirty people who watch, listen to our podcast regularly, um, for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.